And get your hat Leave your worry on the doorstep Just direct your feet To the sunny side of the street Welcome back to Ken's Bulls and Bears. Have a special guest on today for the next 30 minutes. This is Cody Willard. Cody's a former acre on Fox Business, ex-hedge fund manager, and the editor of TradingWithCody.com, plus the co-CEO of Scootify. How are you today, Cody? I'm excellent. And by the way, my uh, real CEO who runs the company would kill if I didn't correct you and say it's actually Scootify. Scootify. Scootify.com. Okay. Um, Which is, by the way, the, the coolest single most value add social network and financial app you can put on your smartphones check out so we'll, i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it at some point but at any rate why don't you tell us something about it right now and then we'll move on to talking about some of these stocks and wearables and robotic revolution some of those topics absolutely so recently i guess about a year now i've been running i'm technically the chairman um the CEO is the founder and developer and a genius guy named Kiang Lee out of Sydney, Australia. And okay. um, I'm uh, the large shareholder and the chairman of the company, and at any rate, and we've got all-stars on there who are professionals that I've vetted in that I know they're not trying to scam you out of anything. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to get you to do something sleazy or take your money. They might be wrong. They might make bad stock picks sometimes, just like anyone else, but... Uh, you know, we've really done a good job of trying to vet any, there's no penny stocks or hype or things like that on there. We're okay. trying to help people make and save their money for the long term. Okay. Sounds good. Check it out at scudify.com, right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Sure. So um, let, let's get into, let's talk about the uh, some of the revolutionary things you're looking for in the future, like the wearables. Are there investment opportunities in uh, wearables going forward? Let's look kind of the long term, the big technology picture absolutely so yes the short answer is that wearables is going to be one of the biggest industries the biggest markets in the in the world in the history of the world um within about another say give it five to seven maybe seven to ten years okay and it's not necessarily this year or next year the apple watch will be the first mainstream really great functional wearable, but it's a precursor of what's really coming down the pike, and that includes you know, things like Google Glass, which I have, and by the way, we've got a Scudify app for that already, but it's not ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. Given another three years, and people will be wearing, have screens in their glasses that are much less obtrusive, and unfortunately, kids, teens, egotists are going to be running around filming everything they're doing with at least one or two wearable cameras and streaming that over the internet and uploading it to YouTube and Facebook and Scudify or whatever the social networks are of the future. And that's just a reality. But the fact is that if you've got one smartphone, the average person's going to have two or three wearables for every smartphone they have. The smartphone's going to shrink in size and become a wearable to be... It, right now, there will be more than a billion smartphones sold this year. Well, right. fast forward seven years from now, I think you're looking at two to three billion units of wearable um, wearables being sold. Okay. So definitely a revolution there, and it makes sense. So you look at the, especially looking at the younger generation, how attached they are to their 
iPhones and iPods and iPads and all that. It it makes and, sense and, to and me. And how much they enjoy and flock to uploading that stuff and putting it out there for their friends. Even yeah. in the Snapchat world, where it disappears, they're still putting it out there and taking pictures at the bowl game, the rodeo, the whatever it is they're out there doing. Yeah. It's an amazing revolution. I stay in touch with friends way back from when I was in high school and just see their updates on Facebook if they go on a nice trip or something. And I, I think I'm impressed with all that. So I It is. And and I think again, I'm not wanting to make this about Scottify, but since we're on that topic a little more, I do think there's a development here of niche social networks like fi- guy like social networks built for financial guys, by social networks built for GoPro wearable um activists, active, active, you know, mm-hmm. athletes and things like that. Um, and that, I think, is the next real, that's also another revolution that's about to develop. And rather than people just sharing their cat being cute and what they did on their vacation and or trying to make people envious or something, you know, there's a lot of value add out there to communicating in the world. And I think that's get going to be... It, Social networks and communication therein are going to be much bigger impact on our political and financial worlds in the years future too. It makes sense to me too. I think I agree. They're here to stay, and they're going to they're going to expand beyond current use. How about drones? Are drones here to stay? Or we we talked a little bit about that a while back. Yeah, yeah, drones is such a controversial word. I'll start off by saying that. Okay. When we drones, most people immediately think of Tomahawk missiles and right. bombings and military applications. And the, there's growth there, too. I'm never one that tries to invest in military applications for the long run, though. I want to find much more virtuous applications out there in markets. And I do think the consumer drone industry is burgeoning. They need and are going to get much more regulations inside of it. But just picture yourself at a concert in again, two or three years, maybe five years, and instead of everybody holding up their phone trying to record it, they can stream the concert from the two or three drones that they put up in the air, and you've got mm-hmm. a Wi-Fi connection to them, and you can record what's coming down off of them. And likewise, um, at security applications universities and hotels and campuses you're going to have drones that are out there call them robots in some sense driverless cars another kind of drone this is again a huge revolution in the making you look out five or ten years and i think maybe not the vast majority but there will be a substantial percentage of our day-to-day commute and traffic that will be done on drones much more than there is today where it's mainly maybe at the airport where you're on those drone shuttles that are shuttling back and forth from one terminal to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, driverless cars are interesting. If they could program to obey traffic laws, speed limits, and avoid accidents right there, you've got something that's well, powerful. And that's, you, 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 drive, you drill the point home. The most important point is already here, though, and I'll tell you, Google has put more than 100,000, and that goes six months ago, so... I'm going to guess at least 200,000 hours of Google driverless cars have been on the road, and they've not yet logged one accident or one traffic ticket. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
people can't do that. 200,000 hours of people driving is going to result in accidents, traffic tickets, and bad stuff. The, it's the classic flip that exactly opposite what your intuition is. Driverless cars are actually much safer, or going to be much safer in five years, and they'll make your commute faster, too. Right. Right. And then you can be more productive if you need to get some work done while you're commuting. You could be on the phone or doing things like that. And Yeah. It, it, Absolutely. Absolutely. Or looking at your wearable. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about robotics? Is that part of the same story? Are we going to so, yes. see a future the way, there, too? You can, I've written books on all this, and, I, and you okay. and I will talk some stock picks. Let me just drop a few names that I love right here right now sure. while we're on this. Robotics is part of it. I've written three different books of wearables revolution the drone revolution and the robotics revolution you can check them all out at tradingwithcody.com okay and that's my subscription site where i post all my trades and my positions and whatnot some of the stocks i'll come back to your question on robotics but i figure people are probably waiting for at least a couple of names here i'll drop a couple and that is by the way go do your own due diligence some of these are small you know Growing companies, they're not necessarily small, okay. but there's always risk. Ambarella, A-M-B-A, is one I like a lot. Um, it makes the HD video chipsets that are in GoPros and in most recording wearables out there today. The highest quality, cheapest chipsets for HD video cameras and devices and wearables are coming from Amberella right now. I think they've got a great roadmap into the future, too. And, you know, if the stock can grow like I think it will over the next five to seven years, there'll be some nice upside. Mm-hmm. Another another one I like, obviously, is Apple. I've owned it since it was actually at a dollar a share back in March 2003. It's a clear play on the mobile revolution. I've Since the smartphone app revolution, I've still been saying, since the iPod revolution, I've said, don't overthink this stuff. Apple's the best monopoly monopolistic tendency kind of investment you can make on the wearables and smartphone and app revolution along with google Mm -hmm. so i'd say google uh amberella and apple get you a couple of big might mega caps and one more speculative name in there the robotics revolution huge same thing the more that you can displace human labor the cheaper your products can become the higher your margins are the less recurring revenue, the less recurring expenses you have paying those salaries. I believe and hope and pray that the world continues to be virtuous and those jobs are replaced with higher margin and higher paying jobs over the next generation. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that robotics are going to be everywhere, not just in manufacturing, but again in policing, in campusing, uh, campus security, in hotels, Robotics, drones, and wearables are going to be everywhere, and they all need cameras and operating systems. That's why you go with Ambrella, okay. Google, and Apple. Okay. Well, keep your eye on those. And remember, ideas expressed here for educational purposes. Do your own due diligence. Consult your own advisor before making investment decisions. We're fairly close to a break, Cody. How can um, people, want to, if they want to learn more about Scudify or tradingwithcody.com, where should they go? For sure, go to... Scutify.com, S-C-U-T-I-F-Y.com, and or just search your smartphone. We've got great, huge apps that have been very popular and are getting better all the time on Android and iPhone and iPad. Um, 
it's a one-stop shop for all your social data, social trading, tweets, news, um, anything you want. On uh, You can even trade stocks. We actually just integrated a trading platform into it. Okay. It's a really neat little platform we're, we're, we're creating, and it's got to be the fastest-growing social network on the planet right now. Great. Tradingwithcody.com. That's where I post all my personal trades. That's 99 bucks a month. Scudify is all free, except obviously if you're trading or something. But I do charge $99 a month or $999 a year to read all the trades and positions I have. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back up to these messages. What's your sign? Zodiac Sign Company has been providing quality signage to northern Nevada and beyond since 1999. With over 18 years of experience, they've handled projects of all sizes. Capabilities include production of the smallest decals, all the way up to large illuminated monument signs and everything in between. Aaron and his crew strive to provide friendly, prompt, and professional service at a reasonable price. Call 775-324-0799 for your free price quote. Supporting local businesses wherever possible, they ask you to consider doing the same. Visit ZodiacSignCo.com or call 775-324-0799. Zodiac Sign Company is able to handle just about any kind of sign or graphic project you can imagine, from decals, banners, real estate signs, vehicle wraps, illuminated storefront signage, and much more. They enjoy being creative and improvising, so bring them your ideas and they'll make it happen. Visit ZodiacSignCo.com or call 775-324-0799. This is Joe Morabito with the National Freedom Forum. As a former public school teacher, I urge you to vote no next November on ballot question three, the margins tax. As a company owner today, I know that this new tax on business will be a job killer, the same way jobs have been destroyed in other high-tax states like California and Illinois. Companies will not relocate to Nevada, and those businesses already here will have to pay this new tax, whether they're profitable or not. The margins tax will drain money from companies that could be used to create badly needed jobs, paying more business taxes to government means less income for hardworking people in Nevada. Those that support this new tax on business claim it will benefit education, but nothing in the bill guarantees that spending for education would actually increase. And there's certainly no guarantee that even if more money went to support our public schools, that it would result in lower class size or higher student test scores. Killing jobs and damaging Nevada's economy will not benefit education. We need government policies that promote job creation. Vote no on ballot question three, the margins tax. The job you save may be your own. Paid for by NV Jobs Pass. The new home for small business services in Reno is the UPS store on Keystone at Interstate 80. They have the latest print technologies to meet all your needs for professional-looking flyers, reports, and business cards, including wide-format printing for architectural plans, posters, and banners. Let them print for you and be assured of high quality and fast turnaround with the ability to make changes and not lose valuable time. Take advantage of their current special, 500 custom business cards for only $39. Come by and talk to any of their attentive and well-trained staff about all the ways they can help your business, from packing and shipping to P.O. boxes, notary services, and more. They're located at 561 Keystone Avenue in the Keystone Square Shopping Center, just off Interstate 80. You can also call them at 775-322-5105. That's 775-322-5105. Or go to their website at the upsstorelocal.com slash 0949. The key to all your print needs is your UPS store on Keystone. Welcome back to Ken's Bulls and Bears. My guest today is Cody Willard. Cody was a anchor on Fox Business. He's been a hedge fund manager, currently the editor of TradingWithCody.com and the CEO of Scudify.com. Cody, here's a question. Um, let's talk about gold a little bit. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment. We had a question from the audience, but 
Do you think investors should diversify by adding gold and silver to their portfolios? Depending on your time frame, you use the term investor. So, yeah, if you're you're looking out over the next 10,000 days of your life, which I always suggest doing, which is, say, you know, not quite 30 years, 10 years, and, uh, sorry, 30 years, Mm -hmm. and whether you're, you know, even up to 60 years old, you need to have a game plan for that next 10,000 days of your life. And I do think that in my lifetime, we'll probably see a major revaluation of the dollar against the currency, against former currencies like uh, gold and silver. Um, I, I, I don't think, I'm not a big doomsday guy necessarily. It's not okay. like I'm sitting here worrying or counting my uh, bomb shelters or something, but um, long term. I think we'll see gold at $5,000 at some point in my lifetime. Okay. Um, and so I do own physical gold coins and rare gold coins and physical gold and silver bullion and um, a few silver coins, too, for that matter. But it's not a substantial part of my portfolio, and I do keep it, by the way, somewhere that I personally can access it at any time. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and a I bit- don't believe in, but, but one other note, if I could, I don't sure. like GLD or SLV or any ET physical gold or silver ETFs. If you're going to buy some physical assets, buy the physical assets, knowing what I know about the investment banks and the financial regime that's out there and what you saw in 2008, I don't want to have to worry that they're going to honor those contracts and be able to locate all the gold that they've promised out on those ETFs. So I stick with the physical stuff. Okay. So you think there's a pretty big disconnect between the physical silver and gold and what's uh, going on with some of the funds today? Correct. Uh, I, yeah. I think Hypothecation. the GLD, the SLV, I do think there's manipulation um, on the fringe. Um trying to keep the, a cap on gold and silver. It's not like I think it'd be at 5000 today if there were a cap or something. But, you know, I do think there's active, we all know there's active currency management around the world, and we are in an obvious currency war environment. Right. And those dynamics over the long term, I think, make gold and silver much more attractive than the typical fiat currency if you're just looking at holding cash forever or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not, again, like I'm out there hoarding gold and silver as my primary investment vehicle or something. Okay. Um, speaking of what's going on with the currency wars, do you think we could see more bubbles ahead with all the financial stimulus we've seen recently? The QE is supposed to end this month, but uh, we've seen a lot of it. We, other countries are embarking yeah. on forms of it. I've got an article up on MarketWatch. Uh, this morning and um, called IBM, the economy, the markets, and you. Okay. And it's I've written about this extensively for five years, frankly. When we got down to 0% interest rates, we were going to see bubbles. The rest of it is sort of noise. QE makes it even more magnified. But you go back to 1999, and when Greenspan took interest rates down to 1%, it caused much a whole bunch of bubbles. Mm-hmm. 2% causes bubbles. 0% for five years, It's the, the magnitude of this is huge. The amount of savers and retirees that are, to this day, st- 
still scaling in to more risky assets like stocks yeah. is a dynamic that's still playing out. And looking out over, say, the next year, I don't see any of that reversing. Maybe you get some quote-unquote QE taper, but I don't think that's the issue either. I think the bubble-blowing asset, bubble-blowing dynamics are in place and entrenched enough that the Fed, as always, will be very late when they finally do act. And I think inflation's a big risk over the next, say, three to five years, Okay, as is um, more bubbles. Right. Uh, there, there's a concern that they will be behind the the curve, so to speak, when inflation does rear its head, and how in how in anybody's mind can it, you rationalize keeping emergency liquidity measures, which is what zero percent interest rates are, much less QE, what I call outright welfare for the too big to fail banks and the biggest corporations who are borrowing at the low market rate, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. How can we possibly justify that when we have record corporate profits and record banking profits. It's very confusing to me, and to think that we're not already behind the curve is mind-blowing. It, mm-hmm. When you got the profit margins as high and the profits themselves as high as possible, why wouldn't you be ratcheting it back if that was actually your plan? I, I've never believed that the Federal Reserve has any of the Main Street's best interests at heart, and I still don't, and I think from bailing out Bear Stearns to, you know, the entire TB, too big to fail financial bailout to mm-hmm. the ongoing quantitative easing and 0% interest rates. It's all a sham and, a, frankly, a reallocation of wealth upwards. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, we've seen uh, the job market's improving, but uh, wages aren't. Middle-class wages have been stagnant, and that's been a real and problem. And supposedly, those are what's going to create inflation at some point. And, uh-huh. you know, correlation versus causation is always... I, I, I'm, an, I'm an economics major. I actually have a degree in economics from the University of New Mexico, where I proudly serve right. on the financial alumni committee, the alumni committee, financial committee, alumni board. At any rate, I don't. I think economics, for the most part, is a sham. It's fraud. It's propaganda. It's... You know, there's very little science in uh, economics that's actually applicable in today's world. Uh-huh. Okay. What about, um, here's here's something that's, that's pretty current, investment opportunities. What investment opportunities have arisen from the Ebola outbreak? And sure, this could be a major um, disaster, but uh, are there investment opportunities? I think Glasgow SmithKline's working on some kind of a drug, but it's not close to being ready it's at least a year away or more you know this is not the type of uh, it's not a, a, an approach i i take very often where i'm uh see headlines like ebola mm-hmm. um and then i try to figure out how i'm going to benefit off that in in part because it's biotech slash medicine and that's not my specialty okay that being said i actually i you know i I believe, I hope, I pray that we are going to get Ebola contained, that it's, I, I do think it's having an impact on people's travel plans right now, and therefore probably mm-hmm. a, some impact on the economy on the fringe. Again, I don't think it changes any of the dynamics and the forces that are in place causing these bubble-blowing bull markets and potential inflationary 
happenings, um, developments in, in coming years. And on the flip side, if Ebola really does become something that is terrible and um, has a serious impact, you know, the markets, I think, would take a huge hit, and I think that would be, you know, I, I don't know that I would have been able to game it successfully into that hit, and I sure hope I have some cash on the sidelines to take the other side at some point, even in that scenario. Right. And these newsy things can make things whip around. I've noticed the airline stocks have been hit, and some of the companies that make the hazmat clothing have risen, but those things can become pretty volatile when they get driven by news reports, too. So it's not you know, it's a, something most people a, should chase. There's a real application, a, a real um, parallel here to wearables recently, too. After the Ferguson tri- tragedy and the aftermath of it and all of the police force and the pressure on the police force there and around America, wearables got really hot. And wearable mm-hmm. stocks... Digital Ally is one of them, DGLY. I would not buy it to touch for to save my life. And it's a micro cap, and um, there were several like that that spiked 500, 1,000% in the weeks after Ferguson. As the hype built, as the companies issued press releases, as paid newsletter authors probably were out there writing about it, those types of things happen when there's news-related events, big news-related events like that. And those wearable stocks are down 60 70% since their peak. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't buy those types of headlines or, or trades. I'm trying to buy the very best, most revolutionary, highest quality companies that I can find that play into the long-term mm-hmm. huge revolutionary markets, not something like a Ferguson hyped-up wearables for cops press release environment. So I right. do think you're going to have most every Ebola-related specific small cap or penny stock or you know micro cap stock that's being hyped up right now around Ebola will crash right back to where it was before the hype even developed. If it Ebola does um, create demand for hazmat suits and medicines. It's going to be the highest quality, best companies that are going to meet that demand anyway, and that's who you sure. want to buy. Yeah, that makes sense to me. We've only got about a minute left, but um, did you really bet Donald Trump Jr. that crude oil would see the 30s before the 150s back in 2008? That's a good story. I did. We hosted a two-hour block party show uh, from Wall Street itself. Closed down all of Wall Street back in 2008 for my Fox Business show Happy Hour with my co-anchor Rebecca Diamond, who you can, by the way, also find on Scottify these days. Okay. And we had Donald Trump Jr. and a whole bunch of other high-profile guests on there, and we got to talk about oil. Donald Trump Jr. and I did, and I said, I was very bearish on oil and said, look, I think this is a temporary hyped-up spike. Oil is at a buck twenty or $120 a share when I said it. And right. I said, I'll bet you anything. It goes to 30 before it goes. It, it, it'll see the 30s before it sees 150. And he said, I'll bet you <laughs> and, my father's inheritance against yours. Right. And I said, done. <laughs> Good. Hey, thanks for being my guest, Cody. Cody, let's do this again sometime. Thanks for tuning in today.